From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, your weekly stop down for everything going on in the world of District 4 athletics. I'm Brandon Bainey, joined by the guy who was, uh, you're going corporate today, Scott, wearing your best Jerome Tigers orange on the shirt. How you doing? Uh, doing well. I think last week I was supporting uh, the Dodgers um, as they were getting ready for their series with the Giants, which they ended up losing two or three. So I won't make that mistake again. So this time it's Tiger Orange. Hopefully you don't give them the same kiss of death that you did with the Dodgers. <laughs> Many times in my life I've heard that. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you want to see Scott's orange shirt, of course, you can watch the video of this prep cast each and every week at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. Or if you want the audio only, uh, you're not quite ready to handle Scott Burton in all of his glory. Uh, and you just want to hear his voice. You can also uh, get the audio only version of this at our website, IdahoSports.com and wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, let's, I mean, we'll start with a recap of what happened in, in the Magic Valley for football last week. It was it was another great week for Magic Valley teams, and I think we have to start with the Minico Spartans going over to Middleton, mm-hmm. getting four takeaways, and, and holding that high-octane Vikings offense to just 13 points in a 21-13 win. Minico's now 3-0 and and looking like the team a lot of people thought they were at the start of the preseason. Yeah, you know what? And one thing that they did is they cleaned it up a little bit. I mean, they fell behind early. They were down 13 to nothing to Middleton before they kind of got it together uh, and then rode the legs of, uh, you know, Bendeley for 14 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. But more importantly, defensively, Minico was playing some good football. You know, they are, they're holding people in check. Um, they intercepted three passes, caused two fumbles. You know, so, I mean, these guys are getting turnovers. I mean, when you think about it, that's five turnovers in a ball game that stops five possessions. And when you, when you count a game that you only get X amount of possessions, those are huge. And the thing that Minico did as well is they kind of cut down on the penalties. Penalties for the first two games plagued them, you know, big time. It did kind of thwarted their own drives, but they cleaned it up. Um, they still need to figure out how to throw the ball. They, that's going to be the knock on them is if they can get a team that can maybe man coverage the outside and then just, load the box uh that's going to be the way you're going to beat minico but right now minico's doing well they're playing well and playing some really good defense yeah that was their really first signature win because yes they defeated century in a close game and they beat bonneville those those are teams that were not expecting to be in the in the race in terms of four a contenders is your middleton bona fide contender from district three and so that's that's a great feather in the cap of minico as they are uh, one of the only three and O teams, uh, maybe the only three and O team in the state of Idaho since they played that week zero game. Uh, another team that I thought played really well and is actually technically in first place in the conference standings because well, all they've played are our conference games is, is mountain home, of course, but you had Burley and Wood river also meeting up in their second conference game of the season. And this uh, would be, or no, I, I want to make sure I got that right. I'm looking at the schedule again to come up this weekend. Yeah. So mountain home had a chance to go to two and O playing wood river. And they came through with an 18 to seven win and the tigers right now in first place in the, in the great basin conference, two and O overall two and O in the league. Yeah. Wood river actually jumped out on top first. They scored first and then mountain home rattled off you know, 18 unanswered, but, uh, you know, Mountain Home was able to run, run the ball well. It's not going to be a lot of flash 
and style from Mountain Home. They are just going to try to shove it down your throat because they've got the size up front to do it with, you know, Gunnar Clark. And, you know, one of the things that Wood River really tried to do in that game was to take Clark out of the picture. You know, um, they really focused in on him. And it's a really weird thing that Mountain Home has going on because you're thinking, okay, who do I stop? The quarterback, the receiver, the run? No, you've got to stop this lineman because he's going berserk on people. And so on both sides of the ball, and you could tell that was, you know, part of Wood River's focus, but, uh, you know, Justin Swenson picked it up defensively for Mountain Home. Mountain Home's not going to win a lot of high-scoring ball games. They're going to win some ugly contests, but it's going to be in the trenches that they get it done. And so far, two conference wins um, have them, you know, in a, in a really good sh- in really good spot uh, moving forward in the conference play as they go further in. And I think that really suits Mountain Home this year, especially because, Scott, we haven't really seen a high-octane offense yet in the Great Basin Conference. Every game seems to be kind of the 21-14, you know, 18-7. to They're all kind of these defensive slugfests. They have been, which is kind of bizarre because at least you're going to – you should have one team in there that has a prolific offense, but it's just all kind of three yards in a cloud of dust so far in the Great Basin, but – you know, and you've got some unlikely heroes in Mountain Home and Burley and those teams that, you know, you don't talk about very often that are hanging in there. And if you keep it ugly, that's where those middle ground teams and even kind of maybe the bottom of the conference feel like they have a chance. And Mountain Home is going to be an interesting team to watch because uh, in terms of what's left on their conference schedule, the three biggest hurdles, Minico, Jerome and Twin Falls, all of those are in Mountain Home. They get to host all three of those teams. So that- yeah, they get the top three teams in the conference, or at least the projected top three teams in the conference, all yeah. at home. So, so that'll be, yeah, that'll be fun to watch as the season goes along. Let's talk about Twin Falls. Uh, the Bruins hosted Pocatello, a team that a lot of people think is going to do really well in the 4A ranks this year. Twin Falls actually outgained Pocatello in total yardage, yet the Indian or the, the former Indians, the Pocatello Thunder. Uh, one where it counted on the scoreboard as they uh, picked up a uh, 21 to 14 win. Yeah. You know, and that's important to note that uh, Twin Falls pretty much outplayed Pocatello, you know, as far as on the offensive end goes in yardage, but they committed four turnovers. And when that happens, man, it, it just it deflates your morale. And they gave up a couple of big plays on defense. And that's really what it boiled down to. It was one of those games that, Twin did what they wanted to do, but they just couldn't hold on to the football. And because of that, they leave Pocatello with a loss. I I think Twin Falls is a lot better than people are maybe even giving them credit for. They had the big win over Valley View in week one, played one position game with Pokiet. I think Twin Falls is a bona fide uh, contender for the conference. I I think they, at least from what I've seen, they and Minico are maybe a step ahead of everybody else at this point. Yeah, no, I I would totally agree with that. Twin Falls has got some skilled kids. They've got some people that can can make plays and uh, you know, I mean, shoot, they're, they're moving the ball up and down the field, you know, and who knows what that outcome would have been in Pocatello had they not turned it over four times, but twin is not a bad team. Um, Coach Coring over there has got them, you know, off to a pretty good start. They took some positives out of this game. Just hold on to the football. But, you know, I, I, I agree. Twin and Minico are emerging as the top two in the Great Basin right now. Uh, Jerome was the uh, other Great Basin team that was in action for the second week in a row playing uh, a 3A program. But despite that, 
you know, probably a 3A program that could contend in the Great Basin, the 4A conference playing Kimberly. You know, I thought this was a kind of a bad setup for Jerome because he had Kimberly kind of get um, shellacked by Snake River in that season opener. And so you knew Kimberly was going to be fired up and, and they certainly came out and, and, and showed it in a 48 to 21 win. Yeah, well, you know, when Jerome jumped down on top, 13 to nothing. And uh, it's like, holy cow, Kimberly's probably thinking, here we go again. But, you know, Kimberly's one of those teams that they just have too many offensive weapons. I mean, you might be able to keep them in check for a quarter, a half maybe. But, you know, at the end of the day, Kimberly's going to put up points. And if you can't match their scoring output, you're not going to beat them. You know, and that's what Snake did in, in week one. You know, I mean, Kimberly put up the points, but, you know, Kimberly had to figure out a way to get some stops and they didn't do it. Um, but for Kimberly, you know, they had their uh, Heath Owens, our quarterback, threw for 269 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Whitmire ran for 152 yards and three scores. Gatlin Bear, another 100-yard receiving game. So those are the big three offensively. They're just going to put up numbers, and, and they're going to be tough to stop. And defensively, uh, Kimberly shut out Jerome in the second half. It was a, a 21, 22-21 game, I believe, at the half in favor of Kimberly. and. Uh, Kimberly came out and threw up a goose egg to Jerome in that second half. But that's going to be Jerome's struggle. And, you know, Jerome has got some players. They just don't have any depth, you know. And so what's going to happen to Jerome is, one, they don't have the prolific offense. I mean, they have a, a sophomore quarterback um, who's managing the game, but he's not going to put up these huge numbers. Um, but then late in the second half, you're going to start to see the depth of Jerome or lack thereof start to turn its head because they're going to get tired. They've got kids going both sides. And, and, and I think a lot of that happened against Kimberly, but, you know, give Kimberly credit. I mean, that's a pretty good football team. And again, just trying to keep pace with Gooding. The Senators had a nice 44 to six win over Canyon Ridge. That was the final team from the great Basin that was competing and Gooding two and zero. they look pretty solid. Let's, let's talk about Filer for a second, you know, coming into the year, they were picked to finish last in the preseason coaches poll. New head coach in Justin Bransma. I think we may have been underselling what Filer is capable of a little bit. They're a one and one record, but a 70, 70 to nothing shutout over Valley, which is a program that's struggled over the past couple of seasons. But but even so, putting up 70 points, very impressive. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say when you beat somebody 70 to nothing. I mean, it's just kind of a snoozer, but offensively, Filer, you know, they 403 yards of offense and a great performance. You know, from their quarterback, Spears, who went 14 of 19 for 200 yards and six touchdowns. You know, so, I mean, these guys, um, they're playing well. And they held Valley to 63 total yards. So, I mean, you have to ask yourself, all right, how good is Filer or how bad is Valley right now? Um, and it's probably a combination of both. Filer's going to get tested. And then you'll see kind of what they're made of. But, you know, for the young coach, Bransma, you can't ask for that much more than a than a convincing win, especially when you know you're young and you need that shot of confidence and and to get a program going. So you know, good job, Filer. But uh, man, they dominated that game. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, we talk about Valley as a program that's been down for a couple of years. Wendell is also in their conference, and you know, Wendell uh, is a program with good tradition and good history, but it's been a tough couple of seasons mm-hmm. recently. But they really came through in a nice forty-nine to nothing victory over Marcin, and and I know Wendell fans were really excited about that. They were. I mean, football and Wendell has really been down for a couple of few years, and and it's nice to see them get excited again. You know, and in high school. Your season, a lot of times, 
your seasons throughout the course of the year are set by your football team. You know, and when you have a football team that just year in and year out just kind of gets shellacked, it doesn't really set the mood for the rest of the school year. Well, people in Wendell are excited now. You know, they uh, they beat Marsing 49 to nothing. They outgained him in total yards, 369 to 124. Uh, so just a dominating performance. But what Wendell did is they stopped the run, plain and simple. And then they forced Marsing to throw. And that resulted in three interceptions, and then Marching just couldn't move the ball. Wendell loaded the box, Marching didn't throw, and uh, and that was the end of it. Most of that happened in the second half, too, because at the half it was only 14 to nothing. And then all of a sudden, Wendell kind of figured it out, made some adjustments, and that's when they you know, loaded the box a little bit more, paid more attention to the run, and then outscored Marching 35 nothing in the second half. Yeah, I think Wendell is definitely on the way up with their uh, first-year head coach, uh, John Hellmendaller, a name that's certainly familiar to Wendell fans. But um, I really thought, you know, he was coaching at Columbia a couple of years ago over in the 4A SIC, and I thought he was uh, building Columbia up into a pretty solid program. He had gotten them into the playoffs for the first time in a long time. They got a win over Century, uh, had to resign because of some off-field stuff, but he's moved past that and is back at Wendell now. And he's a guy that just, I think, knows how to win and knows how to build programs and take programs that have historically been down and build them back up. I think that is a perfect fit, uh, Coach Helmendaller and Wendell. Well, yeah, Coach Helmendaller is an established coach. You know, and, and Wendell, boy, they got a gold mine, you know, with him. And sometimes when, you know, coaches go through adversity, they need a, a landing spot. And that's where schools like Wendell can benefit. And, boy, they got a good one. And uh, they're excited again in Wendell. It's good to see. Yeah, it's it's exciting to see the excitement and enthusiasm back in that Wendell program. Uh, and then let's move on to some some one A teams. Carey uh, playing North Gem. That was a battle of uh, top five teams in the one A D two ranks. And Carey won fifty four to thirty four. Uh, the game maybe was closer than people thought, but Carey showed that hey, we can um, respond to a little adversity as well. Well, yeah, you know, and Kerry is always the powerhouse, but uh, they still have seven brand new starters on both sides of the football. So, you know, even though it's a, not a rebuilding year, more of a reloading year when you've got a program, that's what Kerry's facing. So they're bringing these kids along and, you know, and they picked it up after halftime, you know. So, you know, Kerry, um, you know, you have to keep in, keep in mind that Kerry was one of those teams that doesn't have a lot of experience coming from last year playing two games. So it's it's a it's a whole different animal in that Blaine County, you know, because you've got Wood River, you've got Cary, who played two games last year, and so they basically took a year off, and so all these kids have no varsity experience, and so they're dealing with that issue. But in that game against North Gem, where they won 54-34, um, you know, Cary had almost 500 yards of rushing, you know. Um, Connor Simpson ran for 142 yards, but North Gem had an answer of their own in uh, Bridger Hatch, who had 28 carries for 285 yards on the ground. So, I mean, it was basically just carry running the football down your throat. Can you stop us? And total yards, <laughs> I mean, it was a, a video game. Carry had 549 total yards. North Gem had 547, and that's why you got the score you did, 54-34. And I will say for North Jim, all of those yards came on the ground. They only attempted one pass. And so uh, they were over one passing They're They're going to have to 
tweak that if they want to maybe have a rematch with Kerry later on in the season. So, uh, and then let's, let's talk about castle Ford. We've talked about, they're kind of one of those mystery teams that we don't know a ton about. All we can really do is look at their results, uh, a 58 to 20 win over water Springs. They're two and Oh, uh, I ranked them uh, fifth in, in the, uh, media poll this week. Uh, they technically finished sixth overall. They were the first team out of the top five, but castle Ford, again, we talked about a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz there. Yeah, you know, in Castleford, uh, that was a game that they fell behind 14 to nothing. I mean, they just kind of got punched in the mouth right away. And then they woke up in the second quarter and let it halftime, you know, 34-14. But they got a huge performance from their quarterback, Ethan Rowland, you know, who finished the game with 230 rushing yards and four touchdowns on the ground. He was also five for five passing with 88 yards and two passing touchdowns. You know, so their quarterback is is the straw that stirs the drink right now at Castleford. And if he plays well, then Castleford's going to put up some points. You know, defensively, Jamie Ramos, um, 12 tackles and interception, three pass deflections. So Castleford's got a couple of players, but uh, right now it's all about their quarterback, Ethan Rowland, and they got another big win over Water Springs, 58-20. And they have a tough test coming up this week. Let's let's preview some of the matchups that are coming up this, this weekend, and let's start uh, at the 4A and work our way down. You've got the annual rivalry game, Canyon Ridge taking on Twin Falls. Um, they, they always put a unique twist on it with, with different uniforms and maybe for those that are outside the magic Valley, kind of explain the Canyon Ridge twin falls rivalry game. There is so much going on with this game that sometimes you forget there's even a football game being played. You know, it's, it's about the pomp and circumstance. It's about the uniforms. It's about the field. It's about the cow pie contest going on in the South end zone. It's about spirit points between the two schools. It's about this bucket that they're going to put in their trophy case. And then pretty soon you forget, oh, yeah, I guess there's a football game going on. These two schools and have – it's you know what? You'd like to see the rivalry between these two on the football field be a little bit closer than it has been because Twin Falls has dominated you know, over the course of all of these years with maybe Canyons getting a win um, back in the day one time. But – this has been owned by Twin Falls, but it's a really cool thing because it's called the Service Bowl, and it's a it's it's homage to our military and our servicemen and women, you know, and first responders and those kinds of things. To where, you know, they there's American flags flying all over the place. It's a very patriotic atmosphere, and it's super cool, you know. And that's why I think those types of things almost supersede the game in a way, because when Twin and Canyon Ridge get together and they do this. You know, if you take in the atmosphere, you, you realize that there are more important things going on than a football game. And I think they do a good job of presenting that atmosphere. So, yeah, the service bowl between Twin and Canyon Ridge are playing for a bucket. Uh, Twin Falls is the heavy favorite. Um, but if you're not doing anything, go check out the game. It's definitely worth the atmosphere. Yeah, the uniforms always have kind of a red, white, and blue incorporated into it for, for the American flag. And, you know, especially now with everything that's happened in, in the past couple of weeks, you know, I, I think it's so cool that we can give that nod to to our service members and our military members. So, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, there's going to be servicemen and women that are going to be present there. Uh, they always incorporate them a different way, whether it's the game ball the trophy presentation at the end. Um, so it will be littered with uh, American flags and servicemen and women. It, it, again, pretty cool. 
Yep. Another big uh, game in the uh, Great Basin Conference, a, a conference matchup. You've got a pair of teams that are one and one. Uh, Burley taking on Wood River. The winner of this game will be uh, a leg up on everybody else, uh, depending on how that Twin Falls Canyon Ridge games game goes. They could potentially be in second place all to themselves. And another good early season clash between two teams that are trying to separate themselves in the Great Basin standings. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting game because when you consider everything that's been played so far, this is jockeying position in the conference, too, because Burley and Wood River, you know, are diving headfirst into their conference schedule. Meanwhile, you've got the big three that are twin, Minico and Jerome, that are sort of hanging out, not getting into conference until later. You know, twin dives in with Danny Ridge this, this week, excuse me, but Burley and Wood River, I mean, interesting. I mean, they each have a win. Somebody's going to have two wins at the end of this. And, you know, um, and I think Burley's got to be the favorite on paper right now because just because they can score the football a little bit better than when River can. But, uh, boy, when you talk about a game that is going to give some people some momentum, whether it's the Burley High School football team or Wood River, this is a huge game. It's interesting to see what will happen. Yeah, I, I think uh, Wood River uh, has had a lot of positive things happen, and I think they, you know, Burley might be in a tough spot. We'll see. It, it'll be a, a fun game for sure. Jerome, yeah, we talk about it. They continue the non-conference slate. Uh, they are going to travel to Shelly. Shelly is a team, Scott, that's 2-0. and They just took out Sugar Salem last week, mm-hmm. and the Russets look like they might be ready to finally take that next step this year. Yeah, Shelly's a good football team. Jerome has run into three huge, hugely talented teams to start their season, which, you know, is going to make them better for conference. But Shelly, you know, they've got athletes and they've got depth. That's the one thing that Shelly's got that Jerome doesn't have, you know. Um, Shelly has been the benefactor of some fortunate plays. They got two strip sacks of the QB last week, you know, against Sugar, which were huge. Uh, Their D can definitely bring the pressure. You know, and Shelly's going to be one of those those tough teams defensively that they're going to put six people in the box regardless of your formation, and, and they're going to force you out of your comfort zone. You know, so if you try to spread the field, they may not walk out with you. They're just going to bring the heat. And, uh, you know, they, they swarm to the football really well defensively. Uh, it's a good football team in Shelly, and Drone's going to have their hands full. But, you know, for the Tigers, they need these tests because, you know, they're going to be – a little battle tested going into the you know conference season having lost to Gooding, lost to Filer, and now they've got another tough one with Shelley. So and next week it's Twin Falls and we'll see what those three games do for the Tigers. Yeah, that'll be a really fun matchup. Jerome at Shelley. We will be bringing that game to you on IdahoSports.com. Scott, I'm actually going to be there uh, broadcasting that yeah. game Friday night. So oh, fantastic. Well then uh I'll be listening and uh, giving you crap behind the scenes. How's that? That sounds good. We can come back with uh, maybe grades for next week on how I did. <laughs> oh, fantastic. You got it, man. You got it. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a game that you can catch 7 o'clock Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Mountain Home, we talked about that 2-0 start in the conference. They finally take take a break quote unquote in non-conference play but it's not really much of a break because Gooding comes to town and I guess we'll find out where Mountain Home really stacks up against a, a truly elite offense in Gooding. You know I think that's that's a good point. We're going to find out where they stack up because you know you look at the strength of both of these teams it's it's about size and power. 
you know, this game is going to be one in the trenches. Um, Gooding has the size to battle, you know, kids like Clark. Um, and so that's, that's what a matchup's going to be. You know, um, I, I think this is a really intriguing game for that aspect alone. I think Gooding has got a little bit more firepower on the offensive end. So I would say Gooding is probably the favorite in this game. Um, but I, you know, if you're a football fan and you like kind of the toughness, check this game out, but you're not necessarily going to watch the football the entire time. You're going to watch that offensive and defensive line for both of these schools because that's where it's going to be won and lost. Yeah, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Another uh, interclass matchup that I think could be maybe the sneaky best game of the weekend. You've got Kimberly traveling to Declo. We know Declo is good. They're one of the 2A favorites. You know, how does Kimberly stack, stack up against uh, an elite program like Declo? Well, you know, Coach Rich Bishop over at Kimberly, he knows that his team is going to be in a dogfight against Declo. Declo is one of those physical teams. Uh, they run the ball well. Matthews and Ramsey are playing well for Declo. Uh, the physicality is what might give Kimberly some trouble um, up front if Declo can control the clock on the ground, you know, keep the ball on the ground and control the clock, sustain drives. Because, you know, for Kimberly, if there's a weak spot on their team, it's going to be on the offensive and defensive lines. It's just that they've got so much speed and talent on the outside that they're able to cover that up a little bit with a lot of quick hitting plays and et cetera. But, you know, defensively, Kimberly is going to have to get some stops against Decla, who's just going to pound the ball at you. And if they can keep it close and keep that Kimberly offense off the field, then this could be a really good game. But it's going to be a really good test for Kimberly and for Decla too. Anybody that plays Kimberly is going to have their hands full, you know, trying to contain the speed. So another interesting game. Scoreboard operator could be busy. We might have to send him a backup just to take over at halftime in that game for sure. Uh, and then let's talk about the eight-man level. Uh, we talked about Castle Ford. You know, how good are they really? They're 2-0, and pretty impressive. We're going to find out this week when they host the defending 1A uh, D2 champs from Dietrich. That's going to be a big conference matchup. Yeah, and in the past when Dietrich and Castle Ford have played, it's always been the speed of Dietrich that's given Castle Ford problems. It's been the elite athletes over at Dietrich you know, taking on the, 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 the wave of kids that come through Castleford instead of like this giant year in and year out program that Dietrich has, it's going to be what class do they have to, you know, try to battle, but it's always been speed that's given Castleford problems. And, you know, and, and they know that, you know, in our, our talks this week, that was mentioned, you know, we better learn how to, to deal with speed on that end because Dietrich's going to bring it. And so again, a good test for Castleford to see where they're at because, you know, Castleford's playing well but they haven't played Dietrich yet. That'll be a fantastic matchup. And then two eight-man games that we will be bringing to you on IdahoSports.com Friday night at 7 o'clock. Carey makes the trip over to Wilder to play in a non-conference matchup. Carey's 2-0, and of course. Wilder is 1-1 one and one and played Horseshoe Bend really tough last week. This is a good non-conference test for Carey, and we'll have it for you on IdahoSports.com. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, Carey needs to play these tough non-conference games, you know, so when they get to the state playoffs, they're you know, battle tested and they've, they've had some competition, but you know, this is a matchup that is a really good one too, because I believe if I'm not mistaken in the past, um, Kerry lost a wilder in the state semifinal 39 to 22. And I believe that might've been in 14. Um, but there's a little bit of playoff history with these two teams because they are both really good programs and, uh, and like you mentioned, this is a great non-conference game. You know, in those non-conference games, 
you know, you, you put stock into it, but the win loss doesn't really matter. It's going to be, are you going to get better by playing this game? And this is one of those games that both of these teams are going to get better. Yeah. You can look at the score and, and, if you just look at it at who won and who lost, you're doing a disservice. You have to look at how close the game was, you know, were the two teams making plays, those sorts of things. So, and then the, the final game is going to be uh, that we want to highlight is going to be Saturday afternoon at a neutral site. Parma high school is actually going to host a showdown between Oakley and Kendrick Oakley, the defending one AD one champs. Kendrick is uh, a title favorite in the one AD two ranks. This would be a good test for both of those schools. Yeah, no, absolutely. When you get these two schools together, especially when you've got the, uh, the, the history of success with these programs uh, and they don't see each other a whole lot, uh, it's, it, that's exactly what you want as a coach in a program is to play these kind of teams because, you know, how good do you get beating a team 85 to nothing? I mean, how good do you get when you don't break a sweat and you walk off the field going, yeah, it was, practices are tougher than that. This is one of those games to where, you know, two powerhouses can collide and they're going to walk away from this, remembering this game. And, you know, these are games that really can springboard a team into some confidence moving forward, especially when they start to hit their, their schedule. And so Oakley, this is a great scheduling move for them. Kendrick already has a win over Lighthouse Christian in the eight-man classic a couple weeks ago. They would love to add Oakley to, to their list of uh, pelts on the wall. Well, you're not kidding. I mean, you talk about uh, – you know, small school football in the Magic Valley. I mean, this is where it lives and breathes. And anytime you get those other schools saying, I can take out two Magic Valley teams, you know that that's got to be something that's a little bit of a motivating factor for Kendrick. Yep. And that game will be also on IdahoSports.com Saturday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, live from Parma. Paul Kingsbury and Will Henneke will be on the call for that game, two eight-man aficionados. So, Yeah, absolutely. A lot of good action coming up here. Yes, a, a great schedule of games. Uh, as always, if you want to see what games are on the broadcast schedule at IdahoSports.com, all you have to do is uh, click on the Game Streams tab across the uh, homepage, the, the bar on the on the homepage at IdahoSports.com, and you'll see the entire broadcast schedule, not just for the week, but for the rest of the season as well. And we've got some fantastic matchups that we are excited to bring you. I wanted to wrap up real quick, Scott, just by kind of taking a glance at uh, the soccer and volleyball action. Um, we talked about coming into the season that we, I mean, we knew Sun Valley Community School was going to be really solid in both boys and girls soccer. They're both leading the conference standings at this point. It's no surprise. Uh, the cutthroat boys are a perfect 4-0 overall. They're also 4-0 in the conference. And the uh, cutthroat ladies are 4-0 uh, in conference and 4-1 and overall. So a combined 8-1 and between the two programs. But who's in second place? There's actually some pretty intriguing teams. When you look at the boys' side, Bliss is 3-0-1 uh, in league and in conference. So they're right there on Sun Valley's heels, which is exciting to see for the Bliss program. And then on the girls' side, you've got Buell at 4-0-1. So they are just a half game back of Sun Valley in the standings. So the Buell girls' soccer team and the Bliss boys' soccer team also looking very good. Yeah, you know, and that's good for them because, you know, when you talk about soccer and, and programs, you know, up in Ketchum, there's a culture for soccer. You know, when you get these schools that are good year in and year out, it's because they have a culture. And uh, that's exactly what the community school has up there in Sun Valley but you don't hear about those kind of cultures with girls soccer and Buell or Bliss or, you know, those kinds of things. You, you hear about them once in a while. So, you know, 
to, to get to the level that the community school is, uh, when you've got a coach that's been there for 30 years, you're going to have a culture. And, uh, and that's what everybody is striving to do. But, you know, good for Buell, good for Bliss. I mean, just to get into the conversation with, with the school like, you know, up at, like they have up in Ketchum, uh, good on them. You know, that's, it's going to be great for their programs. But establishing a culture is one of the hardest things to do in any sport. And the community school definitely has it. That's why they're so successful. Yeah, for sure. And then volleyball, just real quickly, Wood River uh, is leading the Great Basin Conference. They're 4-0 in the league, 5-1 and overall. We talked about Wood River being a, maybe a dark horse team this year. Maybe they've turned the corner. They look really good. Uh, Samantha Chambers is, is one of the better all-around players in the area. And then um, at the 3A level, Parma uh, and, and Filer are two teams that I had my eye on. Uh, they both were competing um, at the Peg Peterson tournament in, in Highland last week. Filer has had a really good start to the year. They've been very competitive. And Kimberly is off to a 6-1 and one start as well. So there's some good Magic Valley volleyball also taking place. Yeah, no question. I mean, starting in the 4A, Wood River is legit. I mean, that is a good volleyball team. You know, so that's going to be one to keep your eye on. And hopefully... Uh, there's no setbacks with COVID or anything like that that, that derails them because they'll be the first one to cancel. And it, and it would be unfortunate because that Wood River volleyball team is really, really good. Uh, then you move into the, you know, the, the three A's, right? Kimberly and Filer. I mean, they were good last year and they're good again this year. You know, they have established a, a culture that we talked about over there with, with their volleyball programs and Filer's off to a hot start. Uh, Kimberly's off to a great start. So, you know, two of the, really good 3A teams um, in the state are right in the same conference again. So, uh, you know, there's some good, good volleyball going on down here. You know, Twin Falls isn't a bad team either when it comes to volleyball. So, I mean, you've got some schools down here that can really bring it. And it's, it's really fun to see. Yeah. And, and friendly reminder, you know, there's so many great teams in the Magic Valley. And in terms of uh, the number of schools, you know, it's one of the larger districts in the state, you know, district three, obviously is the biggest, but I think district four is not far behind. And so um, if there's a team that is slipping through the cracks or a player or a story, something you want us to highlight here on the prep cast, send us an email, Brandon at idahosports.com or at Idaho sports on Twitter, Facebook, however you need to get in touch with us. And we would love to uh, shine the spotlight more on some of those programs like bliss and Buell and, filer and wood river and there's just so many good teams that it's hard to get to all of it in a given week no, no question about it you know and these kids all have stories um just unfortunate that they don't get told because you know nobody knows about it and everybody just ends up chasing scores and headlines so you know just to kind of piggyback on on what you just said yeah if there's a unique story out there let us hear about it we would love to talk to these kids get their side get their perspective uh, and, and then bring it to you, because I think one of the things that Idaho sports does so well, better than everybody else, especially when it comes to state tournament times, because we make a concerted effort to do this. But, you know, we'd like to do it here, too, is that we bring these these athletes to you as people, not just numbers, you know, because they have all got their interests and their stories. And and uh, when you can bring that to the audience, it, it adds a depth that uh, nobody else is doing. And that's uh, that's one thing that Idaho sports you know, does really, really well. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Magic Valley athlete, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the full slate of games coming up this weekend. And as always, we'll 
We'll see you next week with plenty to talk about here on IdahoSports.com.